You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Begin the path of learning yourself to learn who this stranger is, to feel empathy and compassion for their plight, to see what makes the core of them tick, learning to love yourself, to like who you are in the unseen moments, to want to spend time with this person. You make this commitment to them. You make this commitment to you. You commit this to the soul inside. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. So before we hop in, I want to make sure to make this acknowledgement that we are recording this podcast on the stolen land of the Susquehannock. Piscataway, Nantico people native to this area known as Maryland. Hey, India. Hey, Erica. It's been <laughs> a little while since we've recorded together. I don't like it. I don't like it. I talk to you almost every day and I'm like, people have not heard us talking. And that's why they showed up to begin with all those years ago. Y'all liked hearing us talk. <laughs> oh, some of the conversations we've been having lately, privately. I have found myself saying we should have hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the roots, because that that was literally how it happened. So much of having a podcast came from having real life conversations that it was like, oh, if we record this, people would thoroughly enjoy and get benefit from us, like letting them be a fly on the wall. And so I'm actually really looking forward to not just this episode, but trying to figure out where coming up, we can continue to make more time for that. Oh, and speaking about time, before we dig into this episode, I would love to share a new workshop that we have in Pause and the Play of the Community. And it's called Decolonizing Time, Centering the R-E-S-T Recipe with Ishelle Lunar. Erica, you want to tell them about it? I do. So the interesting thing is that so many of us are constantly just so busy It's all just being in this constant state of disconnection, depletion, and disrepair because of the hustle. And the thing that I love so much about Ishelle is that um, Ishelle really does have such an awareness and appreciation of reverence for time and how we can be a partner with time that I couldn't think of a better person to be able to come in and not only address how for many of us, time is something that has been stolen and commodified and outsourced and being able to really come in with this concept of how we can liberate our flow, being able to address our flow cycles, creating conditions for flow, how it is that we even decolonize time, you know, the differences between colonial and indigenous time and being able to figure out how it is that we thrive within this planet that we live on that's in transition. Because if we ain't in nothing, we in transition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that also Ishal talks about reclaiming your time. You and I joke around all the time about that song from that album. (laughs) Reclaim my time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, because Miss Maxine Waters said, let me let y'all know this. And the lovely Jasmine Sullivan said, let me go ahead and just take this to the whole next level. Mm-hmm. And so that reclamation of time, I think, has just been so relevant to both of us um, in the last few months where we've had quite a bit of things that we're prioritizing our time onto. And so I just love that this workshop is really going to allow you to experience a paradigm shift and how you relate to time for yourself and begin to befriend time. You know, speaking for myself, uh, I spent a lot of my life in hustle culture and time scarcity. And so being able to even think about exploring, mending your relationship, reclaiming that time, making time your friend and being intentional about that time feels like such a gift. Absolutely. And there's so many important pieces here, but The thing that I hope that everybody gets as the reason why they want to join the community today to be able to take part in this workshop live, live, is the fact that rest is radical resistance. And so being able to craft that for you and being able to reclaim that is your birthright. So in order to go ahead and join and to partake in this live, along with India and myself, you can come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. Well, I know we have quite a bit to talk about today regarding space, (laughs) time, lessons. Yes. (laughs) I just want to start off by acknowledging something that you mentioned the other day, and it has stuck with me. And I think it's a perfect way to kind of kick this off. The fact that this does not feel like 2020. However, 2022 has been a beast of its own and has come with a lot of lessons, a lot of undoing, a lot of relearning, a lot of completely rewriting our scripts for us and those that we are in these performances with. And I'm wondering how that kind of leads in for you, because that for me has been huge. Um, Yeah. And I'm going to say for me, I have moments where I wonder how much of it is the year, right? And how much of it is just where I personally am of being in just a season of transition, a season of integration, and really um, viewing and reviewing and reconsidering my values and how they turn into actions in my life in new ways. Um, And that might not be everyone else for 2022. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm going to acknowledge how most people will like choose a word of the year is like the thing if you do that. And I actually chose um, a phrase to hold space for. And I said, I'm only going to hold space for it for the first quarter and see, does it still need space after that? And that was demonstrating culture. And oh my goodness, I never imagined how much time, space, and lessons would come from the decision to demonstrate the culture (laughs) that I wish to see and how much of my own personal crap it would like kick up. I wish I could tell you I remember what mine is. I don't. <laughs> I, don't have any I, idea. I have no idea. And 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 I but I have to agree with what you said. I think it's less about the year and more just the status, the current location of things, the the just the 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 current idling that we're we're doing. Um I think there's been a lot of movement, there's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of evolution, but I want to acknowledge that none of those things come without having to leave something behind, having to outgrow something, having to learn to do differently. This isn't about better or worse. This is just differently. And, you know, I think, you know, as opposed to it being a comparison to 2020, um, this year has been more just about a juxtaposition of, you know, being in a different place, but just almost having a hyper awareness of what you are and are not here to accept or continue to perpetrate because that's just what was happening. And there's also been a lot of like, oh, I not only don't have to do that that way, 
but there's actually other options. And that feels so much more in alignment with my values. But that's not even always an easy process. It's a very worthy process, but let's acknowledge it's not always easy. No. Um, and as you said that, like my my instinct made me want to dig in deeper to that statement that you just made. So um, I know some of the things, but I don't think that it's often on this podcast that other people are interviewing you where you're getting to share these things. Um, and so there might be value in exploring like, what are some of the normals, you know, maybe even just starting with one or two that you've reconsidered recently or are currently um, exploring, reconsidering? The interesting thing is I think that it's true for both of us because I think, um, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for myself. I'm very fortunate to have you as a as a part, I'm gonna say you a part of my family because, like, let's be real, we passed that bridge a long time ago. You are part of my family, and so <laughs> there's a lot of sharing what we learn about and our resources and the rabbit holes that we go down because we both go down rabbit holes. We just go down different rabbit holes, and there's a lot of benefit because we're sharing the things that we're butting up against and the solutions that we're finding or the lack of solutions. And then, you know, giving the other person an opportunity to be like, Oh, well I know something and being able to have that come up. I think there's so much, so much benefit there because we have similar pieces of our lifestyles, but we have different lifestyles. We're different humans. And yet, you know, I'm witnessing us go through some similar things and I'm just noticing these be common threads that pieces or all have been popping up for a lot of people around me. I don't know. When I think about a big thing of like, how have we been creating more time and space to even reconsider our own normals, right? <laughs> to um, to dig into the work that we do with clients and in our community for ourselves, Um which to me goes back to integrity as well. Uh, I think about how if you had asked me 10 years ago how I approach my schedule, I would have put work into my schedule first. I have a feeling your answer is going to be similar. <laughs> it is. It, I would have. And I would have put time off last. It would have been like work. Um, and then it would have been the work that we don't always think about as work, like doctor's appointments, um, cleaning the house, washing the clothes. Yeah. All of that other work mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily get paid to do. And then very last would have been time to journal, time to think and reflect, time to self-care, time to do nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would have been last. And if I'm going to be fully honest for me, um, I don't think I ever put time on the calendar to just do nothing. Even when I put vacation time in my calendar in my 20s, um, for reference, I'm 35. So <laughs> um, as this is being recorded, uh, for me, that time on vacation or time off still had an itinerary. I still knew I was traveling to here and I was going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And I was like, oh shit, I was making my vacation feel like work. <laughs> that, that, so it's interesting because I've, I've heard, like I've heard you mention it and I've heard other people to use, to, to do the same thing. And that is one of the places that I can say I've been pretty consistent about. I'm going on vacation. Shit, I ain't doing nothing. I don't want no schedule. I And even if I went somewhere that had excursions, there would be times that I would want to do the things, but I didn't like the idea that I had to schedule that at 2.45 on Tuesday, I had to do this thing. What if I didn't want to do that at 2.45 on Tuesday? Because I finally was giving myself an opportunity to not be so scheduled, to not be beholden to somebody else telling me what I needed to do and where I needed to be there, even if I was paying for it. And it was something that I wanted, you know, and part of what comes up for that, at least for me, is the fact that there's no middle ground. There's either it's all scheduled and it's work or you are face down, nothing kind of like 
incoherent. You're done. Like you're not doing anything. Where's the space of like, I'm here, but I'm off and I'm doing what I choose to do. And choosing can be to choose to do nothing. That was what I didn't have access to before. And now I'm like, hmm, I'm going to force it somehow. I don't know how, but there are definitely times that I will attempt to tell myself the old stories and the old paradigms of, of hustle and what I should be doing. And I remind myself that, you know, very similar to what the NAP ministry is constantly talking about of like, no, no, no. Rust is, you know, a form of resistance, especially for black people. Like, I don't want to do things all the time. I don't care what it is. Sometimes I need to not. So you, to anybody taking in this conversation, you, Erica, you had no idea this was, this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, but I think that there is something that you wrote Uh-oh. that I actually saved and I just never like got around to getting it out in your newsletter uh-huh. that I want to ask for your consent to read that I think <laughs> very much captures the feelings and the thought process and some things that someone may be able to resonate with that goes into like, why might we not? be giving ourselves this time to do nothing? What might be possible when we do? What affirmations or words of encouragement might we need to actually make this space? So there's a poem you wrote. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. No, but I'm gonna let you read it anyway, because my, my writings, I am just I'm just a facilitator. I have talented and amazing, awe-inspiring muses that show up to deliver content through me. So please feel free to go ahead and share because I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, but I'm curious now too. All right. Disclaimer. I have no poetry skills at all. (laughs) I have never done a public audio poetry reading. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Hang in there with me. (laughs) Time alone is scary when there's no errands, no calls, no responsibilities, your duty bound to fulfill. Moments where there is nowhere else to put your energy. No other being you can claim to have to be responsible for in that moment. It's just you. The loudest silence ever. The most obvious your discomfort and your own comfort has ever been. The moment when you realize you want others to do what you can't do. Just be with you, just because. No other reason than because they want to, but you don't want to. You don't want to just sit with yourself. Your presence doesn't fill up the room enough for you to be in it and feel good. You decide to stop, get silent, be still, and listen, observe, feel. Begin the path of learning yourself to learn who this stranger is to feel empathy and compassion for their plight, to see what makes the core of them tick, learning to love yourself, to like who you are in the unseen moments, to want to spend time with this person. You make this commitment to them. You make this commitment to you. You commit this to the soul inside. I can't even believe I wrote that. And it doesn't surprise me that it hits me in a way listening to somebody else read it that like, Oh shit. I, I couldn't even pinpoint how much of that was how I felt, how much of it I was witnessing of others around me. And it just became a conglomerate of all of us needing this story to be told for us. And all of us needing to be witnessed and yet not having the opportunity to be witnessed. Hoo chow. Woof. Mm. Okay. Get my get my shit together. I wow. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that was coming. Yeah, I know. No. But I was literally looking at it 
for for those of y'all that don't know, well, why would you know this? <laughs> Apple Notes has become a dumping ground of ideas. It's a dark abyss that we need to clean out. <laughs> Apple, why would you make the shared Apple Notes feature? Just Eric and I got so many shared notes. Anyway, <laughs> this was living in there and it just happened to be up as like the top thing I could see as we were talking. I'm like, oh, this happened for a reason. I need to read yes. this. <laughs> yes. That. That. I mean, yeah. Because honestly, I can think back to if any random time in my um, 20s, for example. And silence was not comfortable for me. Being by myself didn't, ha- I mean, I lived alone. Um, like I, I didn't have roommates or anything like that. And so I lived on my own, but like the TV was on or music was on. Um, I worked a lot. So when I was home, honestly, it was like sleep and eat. And like, I am trying to like get myself together from that to go do it again. And I think, you know, flash forward till now, and I'm 43 at the time of this recording and 43 year old Erica often will do stuff in the house with absolutely nothing on, no TV, no music. And I very rarely have um, multiple things on now that's different when when the kids are home because the kids will have all the things going. <laughs> right. Um, but like if I'm watching TV, I'm watching TV. If I'm listening to music, I'm listening to music. And I may or may not be doing any of that. And being in silence doesn't feel uncomfortable for me. I'm still working on, you know, some discomfort around like – doing nothing. I still have some growth edges there, but I am much more adept at it than what I used to be. There was a time when, first of all, there was a time when I thought that I couldn't grow plants and now I got plants everywhere. And tending to my plants is a part of a spiritual practice for me. Like that's how it feels. Like I am tending to living, growing um, beings. Um, And the only reason I'm not going to say things is because like if the plants were out in the wild, like these plants feed us, they nourish us, trees give us oxygen. So I don't want to just say, oh, they're things like they're beings. (laughs) They're not things. All right. And so like tending to them is is an act. And I don't necessarily have to have other things happening with that. And if so, I'm still focused on what I'm doing. And so there's a very different type of presence and a very type of permission that I give myself to not fill the space because of my own discomfort. Mm. Because if I'm honest, that's what it is. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I think the reason why I had to have so many things going on, why, you know, growing up, I think about the adults around me, they would always have music and all kinds of stuff going on. You're filling holes. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, And I'll say for me specifically, uh, I think often it was that I still had some um, things to do, you know, as next steps on my journey of healing trauma as well, right? My nervous system was thriving in an amplified state because that's what it was so used to. And at least that's what I told myself, right? It's thriving in that way. Right. But I began to question, is that actually thriving, you know, and explore alternative things that allowed me to reconsider the normal of adrenalized and to transition my body into feeling um, safer and more stabilized, actually not being adrenalized. Okay, so with that, can I acknowledge just the fact that what we were told, thriving and existing and comfort and all of those things were, that all of them have been rewritten multiple times for ourselves and those that we hold dear as adults? Yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) And I can think back even uh, to just, you know, seven years ago or so. Um, what I would have thought thriving would be then is, you know, different than my reality today. <laughs> then it was like, oh, I'm going to get me this tiny house. <laughs> I'm going to pay it off. 
and I'm a travel. And when I'm not in it, I'm a Airbnb it out, right? That's thriving, you know, going from place to place and realizing, oh, I still love traveling, but how much of that is still the constant having something to do, think about, navigate, and might I actually benefit from just pausing more often, being present where I am, creating vacation and peace and comfort and exploration even, which is very important to me at home, wherever home is. I think that for those of us that experience trauma as a part of our stories of origin, we can sometimes knowingly or unknowingly convince ourselves that the discoveries and the peace and the aha moments don't come from places that are attached to that trauma. It comes from places that get, can sometimes feel like they get you as far away as possible. And if far away yes. is five miles, then that's far. But whatever it is, it's like, how am I? All of it does not exist here. It all exists somewhere else. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I can definitely relate to that. Something you said made me wonder, for you specifically, um, how, if at all, might your upbringing, culture, religious beliefs, or any other aspect of your identity and background influence how you think about creating space to take care of yourself, as well as what that actual taking care of yourself is? I don't think I was taught to really take care of myself. Um, Like, what does that mean? What does it mean for me? And I think there's a difference between what does it mean when you are of benefit to somebody else. But learning it for myself, no. Having the permission to actually access that, no. And I can't say that it was just my upbringing. I think that was absolutely programming because if I think back to you know, what the kind of standard programming was around growing up, you know, finding a husband and having kids. It was all about taking care of somebody else, you know, having a job. You need to take care of the customers. You know, somebody that's been in the beauty industry for over 20 years, you need to take care of your clients. It's always somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I don't think that I even really knew what that meant. And, you know, so much of the rhetoric is, you know, based in consumerism and, you know, go pay for massages and, and, and buy bath bombs and shit like that. And, you know, that stuff is all fine and it has its place. Cause I, I mean, and as somebody that would love to have my back rubbed, you know, I'm here for that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, and also having a not great relationship when it came to religion, you know, I didn't know how that fit in. And so being able to, continue on my journey and then being able to have a reclamation happen on what does stillness feel like for me? What does quiet feel like? Um, how does that fill me? Um, what does, what is the movement that my body needs? Cause it's not just still sometimes like you have to move energy through as, at the same time. And for, you know, sometimes it's, it's the, you know, as India will say, like picking up and putting down heavy shit. Sometimes it it can be like lifting of weight. Sometimes it is literally the, you know, the caring of my plants, the replanting them. Like that is a physical thing too. Um, You know, it is exploring my spirituality and where it is that I am having conversations, you know, with ancestors or, you know, giving the gratitude for all that I've received and asking for help if that's what I need. Um, Understanding that the connection with the people that matter to me absolutely fills my cup. But it was being able to even consider what it was that I needed. What are the practices that I've begun to uncover that work for me? And understanding that I have leave of any and all of them or none of them at any given time based on what I need. Because sometimes you don't need nothing. You need nothing else. 
and it's just you and it's just it blank space is safe and it took a lot of time and sometimes i have to revisit that reminder my nervous system and me sometimes had to have a conversation that blank space is not unsafe that's a hard thing yeah but that's been a part of reclaiming me having the choice to 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 decide what i want or need at any given moment Yeah. And as you shared that, you know, I think about my ancestors and recognizing that, you know, blank space was never normal for them. Oh, God, no. No, no. It's not a normal for me even today. And constantly continuing to do this work of decolonizing myself, right? Deslavering myself in modern day hustle culture. And yet, I still have more blank space than they ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I, I feel like for me, there's still so much more room to find what balance or thriving or insert word here is for me between work, fun, uh, friends, family, um, giving back to the community and really grounding myself in values is there's still more room to go. (laughs) I think there's a lot more room to grow. I think also one of the things that it's challenging, but I think it's a very relevant piece of, of this, this challenge and this evolution is that we often were taught via hustle culture that we were supposed to up our capacity for stress, which is not beneficial. You actually want to lower it because you want to have less of a tolerance for it. So hopefully there's less that can try to scoot in and make itself at home. It's not holding more. And I want to challenge you know, us as well as anybody listening to really question where is it that you're giving your nervous system space to feel however it feels and to question where you've raised the bar too high for it. You know, I unfortunately witnessed um, a very challenging situation. And then after the fact, I remember being like, huh, I'm a little jacked up right now. And then I was like, well, you should be, you should be. (laughs) And yet in my body, I was, you know, was wrestling with this feeling of, I mean, it ain't that bad. You can deal with that. There's people that deal with worse. Why aren't you okay? The little itty bitty shitty committee wanted to give me pushback on that. Mm, And I think the beauty of even realizing that that voice was there. Right. Right. I was like, no, I shouldn't be okay. Like it's so, and it's okay to not be okay. Not being okay doesn't necessarily mean I have to go into the fetal position in a dark room by myself. I just am not okay in this moment. And even that's a form of permission. And so I'm like, I don't want to have this, you know, standard issue black woman capacity of being able to carry the world in three and a half planets on my shoulders. Like it's a regular ass Tuesday. I, I, um, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Just because I can doesn't mean I want to or I should. Y'all need to up y'all capacity. Sorry. That's how I felt in the moment. That's how I felt. I get tired. I get tired. And so when I witness people that, that don't or they can't, and I know that mine is so much higher, it's not that I think you need to, you know, get on my level because I don't wish this for anybody. But there is a real piece of those of us that can shoulder more carrying that for those that have chosen to opt out. I'm not doing it because I don't feel like it. I'll let somebody else deal with it. How about we don't have anybody have to deal with it? I don't want anybody else to deal with it either. I don't want it to be an issue. I just want things to be easier. Yeah, I think about um, hmm, the things we know about each other that no one else knows. There's so much there. <laughs> and um, I want to say uh, 
I'm going to ask you a question, but feel free to choose what you disclose and and don't disclose what you don't feel comfortable with. But I just know that there's a lot that happens in both of our lives that most people would never even know. Like if like we carry a lot, as you said. Um, yeah. And there, I think there's also some insight that could be provided in like how you've navigated that. How did you create the space given this challenge or given this experience or given what came up here as you explored that? So, okay. Knowing that we like to a have conversation, but b um, by the end have some kind of insights or things to keep in mind or actions for people as well. This just kind of came to mind for me. But one of the things I was wondering is, you know, what are some of the experiences that you've had more recently that others may not know about that you feel comfortable sharing? And given those experiences, how did that translate into um, decisions, actions, things in those direction uh, to create more space to take care of yourself or to actually like shift what you were doing to take care of yourself? That felt like a sloppy ass question. No, but th- there are multiple things that I think have have popped up there, and I can. There's one um, that definitely comes to mind, and it's been um, the experience of letting go of my physical salon location. And I've been in that space. I initially shared it with someone else, and then I took it over completely myself um, over ten years ago, and. That was a large part of my identity, I think, for a very long time. Um, it was a large part of of normal for my kids. Like my kids grew up of, you know, when it, when work when when school was closed or mommy had to work, or of course during COVID, you know, once things opened back up, you know, they they came to my salon because I had it set up to where they could be in my office and I could still work. And so that was very much a part of our normal. And I had for a while been kind of not knowing what the change was, but I knew something needed to change. But I am somebody that will sometimes from the outside in seem like I'm holding on longer than what I need to. It's because I need to know when I am at that point of of like I have done everything I need to do and I feel good to be able to come out of my chrysalis and 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 let this cocoon go. Um, and I'd hit a point this year where I was like, yeah, no. I, I am completely done. <laughs> Not just like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Like, no, I'm, I have made the judgment call and things are in motion. And <clears throat> letting go of the salon, I mean, I have a few clients that I am keeping because I have had most of them for well over um, <laughs> 10, some 15 years. And so I'm keeping them and I'm only working a few days a month for them only. But I decided that I was going to let this go, which meant that my schedule was going to open up. And years ago, my immediate response would have been to fill all of that time. And there was a point that I tried to, and I was like, that's probably not a good idea. And so I gave myself space to give some of it back to work because I wanted to be able to have more time for everything that I do with Erica Corday and pause on the play. And even just some of the kind of passion projects that I have, but I also left, you know, one of those days in, in particular for me. And if I end up choosing to give any of that to something else, so be it, but I left it open. And in that whole piece of like, it's a weekday. What do you mean you left a weekday open? That was a whole mental shift to have to go through because that was not something that I felt like I had access to for a very long time. And it still feels a little bit like an act of rebellion to do it. And I did it in a way that felt like ease for me with this entire process, not just the giving myself this extra day. You know, I made sure that I wasn't putting extra pressure on myself of you know, whether or not, oh, how are my clients going to feel? That's the only day I can work. Well, that's the day. That's it. <laughs> and, and that was it. And so I chose what worked for me, you know, and doing that was was a big thing. Like I advocated for me and I made that choice and I stuck with it. So that in itself 
was a thing. Um, the entire process of, of moving, um, I had things that I had to let go of. And I was, you know, of course, there's that whole piece of like, you know, what do you throw away? What do you donate? What do you keep? What do you give away? There was, that was a lot. And there were a lot of feelings that I had to navigate through of what is going to create more space for me with this, regardless of what I choose to do, because I just did not have the capacity to add a lot of extra work for it. And so I tried to find streamlined ways to, you know, uh, trash, to donate, to give, to keep. And I accepted help, which I think is a big thing too. And go ahead. Cause I'm like, there's so much, there's so much. Yeah. When you talk about that, um, I just want to acknowledge as somebody who's witnessed a lot in your life and on your journey, um, that you also made the decision to block in time off in the calendar and to actually give yourself the time and space that you need to be able to um, evaluate those items and pack up and list things for sale and get them out. And I think that that's not always everyone's reality, even our own. There was a time where I'll say me, but maybe you as well, would have still taken on a full work schedule and then taken on the part-time job of having to figure all of that out and get it done. Plus, in your case, also raising two children and having day-to-day life stuff to take care of, which really means you're not sleeping. Yeah. Honestly, I think back to, and I've moved many times over my life, which that's a whole nother conversation, but I've, I've, I've moved a lot in the past and I think back to times where it's like, okay, you hurry up in the morning, you get the moving truck, you put everything on the U-Haul and then you move into the other apartment because you got to be out that day. Like I've done the in a day thing. The third um, in the bag move. Pretty much. Pretty I don't much. Know what's in the bag, but it's all in the bag. <laughs> We're going to deal with it when we get there. The how much like pizza can I bribe y'all with? Do y'all need me to get some beer or something? Some wine coolers? What you need? I will I will get the things and you get all your friends and they annoy because you have taken up the whole day and you told them it was only a little bit and it's like, you knew this wasn't a little bit. But- <laughs> I have been that friend helping somebody do it and like, what if I walk into? Right. And so I've done that thing of, of the forcing, the pushing and I didn't want that to be like this, partially because this was this was a part of my personality and my journey that the time that I gave to it allowed me to properly, and I, w- I really wasn't in a mourning, so I want to be clear on that, but like to properly mourn and give reverence to the purpose that it served and what it gave and what I learned along the way. Um, those that I was able to support along the way, those that supported me along the way. So I wanted to make sure that I was kind of given the proper home going as this, you know, particular piece was was being released. And I didn't want it to come from rush. I didn't want it to come from urgency. I didn't want it to come from frustration. And I I, I really tried to imbue that as 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 much as I could. And this has probably been the least stressful type of, cause it wasn't a moving. I had to physically move out of that space. Like it was probably the least stressful moving situation I think I've probably ever had. And because it was just me, there was no other individual that was doing it with me. It's not like you got a roommate and both of y'all moving or you got a partner and both of y'all moving. It was just me. And it also meant that if it didn't go well, there was nobody else to look at. It was on me. And so overall, like, it was fairly easy. I didn't know what to expect. So I want to acknowledge, and that could be a whole nother conversation of like having rented this space wasn't something that I knew how to do going in or coming out of it. I didn't have that knowledge. And that's another piece of knowledge that I can share with other people with what I've gone through, but I didn't have that really shared with me explicitly. And I think that there sometimes can be a lack of awareness of how, pertinent and necessary that can be to really share that with somebody. So as we wrap up, uh, I kind of think it'd be cool to just like take a moment to give a bit of a DEI breakdown of some of the things that came up in this conversation. So number one that's on my radar is 
creating space to take care of yourself requires creating the space. Um, an action we both decided to change into is putting our time off on the calendar first. If you are listening and that is not something that you have done yet, go through through the rest of the year that you're currently listening or reading the article for and put in your time off first. If you can't do it first, do it now, right? Um, It makes all the difference. And then be open to revisiting that as new things come up, like a move, like a closing of a physical business location, right? Create the space to be able to do those things in a way that feels aligned and give you space to process the ending of a chapter and the beginning of a new chapter in that process, not just the physical move. The other thing that came up on my radar is you didn't share it, but I I know it. So (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things. If I shared it all, we would be here for a long time. Right. There's um, there's personally, I feel like it requires a little bit more space thought and consideration at times to do things in a DEI conscious way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I could say that it didn't, but we are fighting against societal norms that are not necessarily considering DEI, um, that are coming from a consumerist and capitalist perspective. And so if those are our societal norms, then making the space to reconsider those norms and do things differently as things come up in our lives and in our work requires us padding in a little bit of extra time than maybe we would think that we need. And so one of the things that I know that you did is even just going with the studio example, because you put in that time off, you had more time to think about how do I throw away less items? Generations before us family-wise would have just thrown away everything. Yep. <laughs> or just put it all in a bag and took it to, you know, Salvation Army or whatever. And we really don't know what happens to those items after we dump them off there. Some may end up in the trash anyway. Mm-hmm. Some might have problematic business practices. That's another conversation for another episode mm-hmm. that you don't know about because you right. gave your money to a big company um, or you gave your items to a big company. So that space also allowed you to utilize some tools like offer up um, for some that might be Facebook marketplace to find a new home for your items. Um, I want to pause you. The only reason I want to pause you is because I want to acknowledge that even if you choose to not keep an item anymore, it is important as much as possible. It's not perfect, but as much as possible to consciously decide where it's going to go. Because just because you outsource the trashing of it to somebody else because you didn't want to take the responsibility for it doesn't mean that the outcome didn't still end up the same. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Message. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> and so that space allows you the time to think about that and to actually do the action because it takes time to take a picture of something and put it up, even if you choose to just do free cycle, right? And use uh, apps like Buy Nothing, Trash Nothing. Those are real apps, by the way. So if you find yourself letting go of some items, feel free to use them. They're free. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes time to take pictures of that and list the items and have someone else come pick it up for free. And then, of course, if you're selling the items to negotiate, you know, and pick up, drop off and all that, the price. It does. But I'm going to tell you, OfferUp actually worked out really well for me. And I was really happy that a lot of the things went to people that were really happy to have these items. Um, A number of the people were black or brown, which also made me feel good about the fact that these are going to people that's like, oh, I really like this. This this is going to help me or this is, you know. This is exactly what I was looking for. That made me feel really, really good. It wasn't just like I stuck it somewhere and some random person bought it. It was somebody that, like I I had some mirrors, for example, and people were like, I mean, this was just such a good price. And I'm thinking, whatever it was, I'm just glad that it's got a home and it can be utilized and it can now bring its benefit to somebody else. And can we- Can we acknowledge also, right, financial accessibility 
that had these items been bought full price, it might have priced itself out for some people to be able to get those same items. Some of those items had the sticker still on them. And it showed that it was four times as much as what I was selling it for because I had used it. I'd had it and I didn't and it needed to go. And so I have just given you something for a fraction of what it what it would have cost new. If yeah. you even had access to 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 get to this place, because for some sometimes it's like this place might not be close or it might not be local. Like, th- like there's so many pieces to that. And I'm like, great. That means I was able to kind of hold this for you till you was ready. And now you get to have it. You get to receive it. That's a beautiful thing. It's a life cycle. So I'm going to acknowledge in this moment that um, I might be the stereotypical millennial or younger (laughs) app queen. And uh, yeah, I might need to come back for another conversation here about useful and helpful apps that many people might not be using, know exist our free access, whatever that is, to better support some of your values you may have. So, So, yes, I do want you to. And usually, y'all, and I can't even think enough on the top of my head, I'm usually the one that's like, wait, I got a discount for that. (laughs) What am I, Gen X? Whatever I am. I'm 79. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Couponing. I'm like, I got the discount. You want to stack that with something? That's usually me. So you add the apps and the discounts. We got you. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. But I think that there's a lot of room to dig in deeper. So I'm just excited that we even shared some of these things. Um, and I'm excited to come back to more conversations about like what's going on with you? What's going on with me? We're real humans here, y'all. Yes. <laughs> and life has been lifing in some ways that just all what they are and some have have been beautiful. And there's just been some learning and sharing that with you feels really good. So I appreciate you being here and having this conversation with me, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And for everybody that is here with us taking in this real conversation, because that's exactly what this was, so that we can normalize some of these challenging things and experiences and moments and make them a part of all of our everyday exchanges for all of that and more. Thank you. Together, this is how we remove stigma and we can all create real change and connection by crossing lines and recreating boundaries to support, not separate. Together, let's continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?